If you've been listening to the Business of Biotech podcast for a while now, you'll recall that Aaron Harris has joined me to co-host a few episodes. Aaron's my friend, colleague, and chief editor over at sellandgene.com, and she just recently launched a podcast of her own. It's aptly named Sell and Gene, the podcast. And if you're working in the Sell and Gene space, you should give it a listen. It's a collection of interviews with the industry and academic leaders moving the space forward. And you can find it at sellandgene.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Sell and Gene, the podcast. Check it out. The growth trajectory at Akeso Bio serves as a testament to the thriving market for antibodies, and it offers a case study in antibody manufacturing and clinical development efficiency. Since its founding in 2012, the company has developed a pipeline of more than 20 candidates focused primarily on oncology and autoimmune diseases, including 12 antibodies in clinical stage development, six bispecific antibodies, two of which are at clinical stage, four antibodies with IND approvals from the FDA. And since 2017, the company has initiated some 22 clinical trials. In 2020, the company went public in a high profile and successful IPO on the Hong Kong exchange. This is incredible growth for a company launched less than a decade ago. Since its inception, Akeso has been led by chairman and CEO, Dr. Michelle Xia. Dr. Shah's story is one of transition from academia and research to executive leadership and biologics development. After earning her PhD in molecular biology and microbiology from Newcastle University in the UK, she moved on to postdoctoral research training at the University of Glasgow before conducting cancer immune therapy research at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. That training led to staff and senior scientist roles at Celera Genomics, Bayer, and PDL Biopharma. And then she made the leap into executive management, serving as president at Taikang Crown Bio Biopharmaceutical Analysis and SVP at the preclinical contract research organization, Crown Biosciences, before taking the reins at Akeso in 2012. Dr. Xia is my guest on today's episode of the Business of Biotech, and I'm thrilled she's here. Dr. Xia, thank you for making the time to join us. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for your uh, introduction, and uh, great to be here. And yeah, I'm honored uh, uh, from your invitation. Yeah. Well, we're honored to have you, and I and I hope I got that. Uh, I hope I got all that right in my in my introduction because you've got a, a story yeah. career. Already. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you actually already uh, said a lot of things I, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can you can okay. take us a, you can take us a little bit deeper on those uh, on those positions you've, you've held. And and it's kind of yeah. where I wanted to start the conversation, you know, looking at your um, your career. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's it occurs, at least on paper. Right. Uh, it occurs mm-hmm. as though you made a, a pretty a pretty sound and quick transition from scientific roles, including roles in, in big pharma uh, into executive leadership. So I'm, I'm curious about what the inspiration was from, you know, for, for you to move from the bench uh, and, the, uh, and those science roles into the boardroom. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Um, I guess um, when you talk about like uh, me, myself from move from bench to uh, uh, executive position, uh, sounds like a quick move, but I guess it is uh, it, it is not 
kind of like quick move by myself. It's I would say more like it's timing and it's somehow I'm ready, right? Uh, you know, uh, talk about a little bit about my background. Back, talk a little bit about my background. Uh, I was trained in molecular biology and protein chemistry and, and biochemistry in UK. And uh, after the postdoc study, I came to US and joined a research team in University of Louisville, um, focusing on study in cancer research and uh, cancer treatment. And at the time, I started to, you know, to understand, you know, the um, how complicated uh, uh, the the cancer disease could be, and and how hard, how difficult for for us to find a, you know, a suitable target to uh, work on a medicine. So I think that was the time inspired inspired me to move to industry, uh, specifically focusing on drug development for you know, cancer treatment and other disease areas. So uh, I moved to California and, and joined a small molecule development company and working on the you know, research and development part, meaning that that was kind of like drug discovery space. And after a few years, I moved to uh, antibody drug discovery, com- antibody drug development company, working on more towards the development part, meaning that CMC and manufacturing. Uh, I guess after all those kind of uh, um, the whole um, whole time of the uh, development of myself, uh, I started to realize, you know, the uh, drug development takes time and drug development, uh, you know, uh, it, it is a integrated process, an integrated system. Uh, so, uh, I guess in terms of uh, technical part, I was kind of ready to move forward to play a bigger role. That was the time that uh, uh, Crown Bell came to me, talk about you know this new uh, adventure in China, and I, I get excited. I said, okay, yeah, maybe you know after the uh, technical development of myself, that's the time I move myself to a, a management a role to mm-hmm. you, you know to 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 get me a, a contribute to this process bigger. So that was the time I moved back to China and took you know, the very big uh, management role. And at the time it is, Cronbell is a, a CIO company. Uh, they, uh, we actually got a lot of contracts from multiple multinational companies in US and Europe. At the time that really gave me the big opportunity to uh, to um, communicate, interact with big farmers and also middle-sized biotech companies. Uh, I guess that actually really improved myself in this management role and you know, to see the big picture of the uh, drug development process. And so then in year 2012, um, I guess that's a big timing for us. That was the time um, in China, there are uh, some return, there were some returnees back to China, start a CIO business. And uh, like people like myself, the same, we realized that um, in China, even though we started to do the CIO business, uh, our partners, our you know customers, they all from outside of China. 
Uh, inside of China, there's not much, you know, service needed from us. So we, I mean, I, I myself realized that um, we can do something in China. So that was the time I, you know, I got uh, uh, my partner, my, I got my partners, we talk about, yeah, you, you know, it's a time uh, we got talents now. Uh, because this CRO training to those, uh, you know, the uh, talents from, uh, we, uh, for a, a few years of the, you know, CRO business booming in China, um, and also the returnees come back to China with experience skills in drug development field, we definitely, uh, uh, you know, trained uh, uh, quite a few, quite a lot Chinese talents working on this field, uh, but they don't know how to develop drugs in China. So I thought that's a very good timing for us to, uh, to you know, contribute to uh, pharmaceutical industry in China. So mm-hmm. that's why we started to, we started this company. And I think that's a very uh, strong inspiration, thinking about we could contribute bigger uh, in terms of, you know, uh, improve um, human health and Chinese uh, industry society. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and and, and I mean, <laughs> grow you have. I mean, it, it's uh, it's it strikes me. You especially given that you mentioned, you know, the there wasn't necessarily a foundation for growing a a, a biopharma in China, and yet that's what you chose mm-hmm. to do. And in in these short, you know, uh, what eight nine years since founding. Um, you've you've experienced some incre- incredible growth, as I noted in the in the intro. You know, you you started in 2012 as a small company, and now you're a public company with more than 20 candidates in, in the pipeline. So, two part question: one, what's driving that growth? And two, if you can give me some flavor as to how you enabled that growth, as I said, in a in a in a country and a in a geography that didn't necessarily have a foundation or a, or a, or a, you know, a, a protocol there to, to build a company like a KSL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, one thing is definitely we work very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, though we don't, you know, have a, uh, we didn't have a much foundation at that time, but as I mentioned, I started to see there are talents available. Mm-hmm. And then uh, good thing is from myself is I, I did have a very good team together. Uh, we kind of like uh, uh, um, complementary to each other. We have, uh, you know, different sk- technical skills and we have a uh, you know, different even personality to work on different roles. So, so I think, um, I have a very, I had a very good team. I still have a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a kind of like served the foundation to start with. And, and then uh, on the other hand, uh, at the time, although um, VC, uh, you know, the financial uh, market is not that favor, was not at favor to uh, this industry yet. Uh, however, we did get, you know, kind of like a, uh, more like a, uh, angel kind of angel capital support for that part. They believe us because they saw, okay, you guys could do CRO business in China from you know uh, from nothing, and they had a belief in us to 
to to say, okay, you you guys can do something uh, even bigger. So yeah. we, we were very lucky. We have a team. We have uh, money to start with, and and then we just kind of like, uh, you know, in a way to think back. At that time, I have a R and D experience. I have a manufacturing experience. But to be honest, I didn't have a clinical experience. I definitely don't have a commercial experience. So it's kind of like I didn't. I when you don't know how difficult it could be in the future, somehow you 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 have you have no fear, right? So <laughs> that's the time. We, we, I, although you know we have a, I think we have a basic foundation kind of to start with for R and D, and then we don't have we didn't have a fear, so we started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at what point? So, you know, you're, you're naive comes to mind, right? Like in a good yeah. way, in a positive way. Um, at what point did you realize, uh, I mean, as I said, today, you've got 20 some candidates. At what point did, did you either realize that you had the capacity to build that rich and robust pipeline? Or did you realize, uh, perhaps make it a strategic decision to build that breadth of the pipeline? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, so. The uh, the the goal actually uh, for the company, I think, is gradually become clear and clear. At the beginning, it's very simple. There's no this kind of uh, um, sophisticated enough industry, innovative pharmaceutical industry in China, and we, you know, train. But we have a, we have a very good training, and we can do it. Let's do it. That's you know very simple start to start to be with, and then um, at the time uh, that um, uh, for, well for maybe I should also mention about uh, you know my team. Uh, I have a very good uh, uh, CSO. Uh, he has he has a you know big experience from Pfizer working on immuno oncology uh, field. So at the time when we started, that was just also uh, just about the immuno oncology booming time. You know, uh, CTRA four got approved. EP Epilimumab got approved in year two thousand eleven, and we uh, realized the PD one uh, target is also very very promising. Came out uh, good clinical study results, so we thought, okay, that that's good time for us to start from immuno oncology, and especially we have expertise in house. And the expertise, not just the you know, biology expertise, which is very, very important in drug discovery, but we also have a, a, CMC, um, a CMC process development expertise and manufacturing expertise. So we thought, okay, we kind of like a, made, made a discovery as a, you know, a, a, close the, a close the loop, we can do that. So mm-hmm. we started from there. there. And then gradually, uh, you know, like, uh, we realized, uh, uh, you know, not just uh, Chinese market, but also global market, we have a capability to penetrate as well in terms of uh, innovation and, and, and capability of drug dis- development. So more and more, we have a bigger and bigger goal um, to, to move forward. The business of biotech is brought to you in partnership with Cytiva. Together, we're committed to helping the leaders of new and emerging biopharma companies navigate the financial, organizational, human resources, and regulatory waters you'll encounter on your way from discovery to the clinic and beyond. Check out a host of useful resources for biotech leaders at Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator 
at cytivalifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V-A lifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. So tell me, um, tell me a bit about the pipeline itself. Uh, give, me, give me a glimpse into the lead candidates that you're, you're working on and wh- where they stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, now, nowadays we have a rich pipeline, uh, maybe 60% uh, focused on, on college and 40% focused on uh, non-college, such as immunology. Um, I, I, you know, I think we are very lucky when we start from, uh, we decided we don't want to do um, biosimilar because uh, we, we in China, we do need innovation rather than you know, another copycat. So we started from, uh, from the, we started from the hard part for us, the discovery part. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just mentioned about immuno-oncology at that time, booming CTRA4, PD1, and et cetera. And so then at the time, we, we had a very good discussion about what we, sh- what we should start from. So one thing we think, okay, uh, based on our expertise, we do have a capability to build an integrated platform. And then uh, on top of this integrated platform, that gave us the opportunity to really, uh, you, you know, to, to work on innovation target. And then we are thinking about, you know, PD-1, CTRA-4, et cetera. And then we saw the uh, clinical studies results came out talking about, you know, you have a PD-1 uh, treatment, PD-1 antibody treatment, you've got a good results, but still not good enough. You have a CTRA-4 uh, antibody treatment, it's good, but then it's toxic, it's still not good enough. So we uh, really um, think about how can we overcome this hurdle? Yeah. Then we saw BMS results about a combo study, PD-1 plus uh, CTRA-4 antibodies, better efficacy results, still uh, toxicity cannot, cannot uh, be resolved. Uh, at that time, uh, again, as I mentioned, we do have a very uh, skilled, very skilled team uh, in our case. So we're thinking about, okay, we have a protein engineer um, expertise and we have a biology expertise maybe we should work on, you know, one molecule cover two functions that's by specific. And in the meantime, we should try to solve, uh, we should try to resolve toxicity issue. If we can do that, that would be fantastic. That would be a, you know, a new MOA molecule. Um, then uh, that's why nowadays you see our pipeline, we, but we are very much focused on by specific uh, we have our candonidumab, which is PD-1, CTRA-4 antibody. Uh, now it's already in the later stage of uh, to prepare registration filing. Uh, we anticipate this molecule will be in the market next year. And uh, we have another um, bispecific antibody molecule, PD-1 VEGF. Um, that one also in clinical studies right now, uh, Results are very very promising, so uh, so it's kind of like this is a really you know start from very beginning to pick up something innovative, not just you know follow others, and that takes time to develop, and the time passing to you know like from uh, 2012 until now it's nine years passing by, 
Now we start to you know harvest the the fruits, and and then uh, you, you know in compare with the uh, uh, with others, it, it, because the uh, development takes time. So that we started earlier, that gave us the advantage in terms of in terms of the advance of the programs. Uh, that's why you do see our pipeline. Uh, have a very, you know, uh, bright, significant, by specific antibody pipeline. And in the meantime, uh, we didn't give up other, you know, the potential good target, uh, even it's monotherapy. So uh, we, we had a CD47, we have a CD73, a T-JET, and all this, uh, you know, very hot nowadays um, in this field, very hot targets. And together we, we have yeah, 20 plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. And they're, they're all antibodies. Uh, and I'm, I should have asked you this uh, before we got into the pipeline itself, because it's sort of a mm. fundamental question. Mm. But your, your experience has taken you, um, it, it's exposed you to all, all sorts of modalities. Obviously at Crown, you were, you know, as a service provider, you're um, open to several modalities. So you've got small molecule experience, you've got mm-hmm. antibody experience and, and, and so mm-hmm. on. Um, when you founded a case, so why the focus on antibodies? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I guess um, one straightforward reason is that uh, um, antibody, antibody drug, uh, at that moment, it, even now, uh, we believe is is a very uh, you know uh, less toxicity and and good efficacy and and uh, um, uh, promising drug for you know treatment of disease and that's the first thing we think is a very good field right and secondly uh, um, that's also the, uh, fits our expertise mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. We have, as I mentioned, we have a deep biologist, the immunologist, we have a protein engineering people, and we have a, a process development people. So at that time, we, uh, I think we, we need to focus. So we focus on antibody production, antibody drug development. And up to now, I think we choose a good, good field. And then if you talk about, should we, you know, in the future, uh, always focus on this field? I think it's not necessary. But it's a kind of like stage, uh, stage evolution kind of thing. For example, when we work on uh, drug discovery part, um, small molecule and antibody drug discovery actually is a very, very different. Although biology part is the same, but uh, uh, CMC and and uh, uh, and, and uh, uh, production part and even like the uh, NPK part are very, very different skill set. Mm-hmm. So discovery part, we build a very good antibody development development platform. And then we move to clinical studies. Actually, uh, there is that, I, I should say, there's not big difference between small molecule de- clinical development and large molecule de- uh, clinical development. Of course, there, there are minor differences you need to take care of it. But uh, from the big picture, there's not much difference. And then if you move to commercial part, the, then that hurdle is, uh, sorry, that's, that difference is even smaller. Commercialization is more focused on which area of the disease you have a commercial team to work on, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, in, that, in that case, to apply to us in the discovery part, I don't think we should, at this, at this, at this moment, 
we should build another medicinal chemistry team to work on some molecule. Right. Uh, however, uh, uh, once we actually we started to build a commercial team already, once we have our commercial team ready and move on for the future, if we consider we, we, we want to be a great pharmaceutical companies, we definitely don't want to rule out you know, small molecule drug uh, in our pipeline in terms of development stage and commercialization stage. And also others like uh, cell therapy, I think, I think uh, once, I, once the timing is right, we wouldn't want to miss it. Sure. Yeah. Another thing that strikes me about your company as, as unique is that, uh, you know, despite its size, um, you're still a young company uh, and, and you've invested heavily on in-house manufacturing technology. You don't you don't see that uh, all too often with a, with a you know, company that hasn't hit its 10th birthday yet. Mm. Um, and it's, it, I guess it's particularly interesting to me, given your experience working with Crown, an outsourced yes. R&D company, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know the advantages of, of outsourcing. Um, yeah. So tell me about that. What was the strategy and the decision-making mm. process that led mm. to the decision to invest in-house? Um, um, I worked in uh, small uh, pharmaceutical companies and, and big pharmaceutical companies and then moved to CRO companies to provide services. And so after all this kind of experience, I think I realized that um, in-house, although um, CRO services are very important in terms of the, you know, the ecosystem in this industry, uh, especially for those companies, they um, they either they have a you know small uh, they, they they are either they uh, they don't have a capability to build a certain functional uh, expertise or um, the shortage of the capacity, right? So CRO business is very important. Um, however, when we started, um, I have a very good team. Again, I want to mention I have a good team. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, and the team, again, I mentioned I mentioned it before, uh, we have a very complementary skill set for the whole platform build up. And then at the moment, and even now, I think, I, I believe uh, if you have a capability to build an in-house capacity and capability, the efficiency is, uh, is very high. There is a good efficiency here, meaning that, you know, especially discovery part, it is a scientific discovery. It's not a, just a process. So meaning that you, uh, you, you know, you work on experiment, you work on cell, cellular assay, for example, and you got the results today. And you need to have, a, you know, the brain and, and the expertise to interpret, in, to inter, inter, interpret it to understand the results and give a quick response, meaning that you see, okay, we should uh, carry on this uh, screening process or we should, uh, uh, you know, start another assay development or we should uh, uh, start screening uh, more antibodies. So all this decision making has to be fast enough and has to be uh, deeply enough with science for this part you know, you're working with a CRO company, maybe 
not that so easy. Mm-hmm. So that's the efficiency, in-house efficiency. And then move to manufacturing part. Uh, I think that's also depends on your company strategy. Uh, some companies, they started from one product or two products. And then I think it, it makes sense. They say, okay, we don't want to spend capitals and uh, our energy in manufacturing uh, build up. Rather, we use uh, CDMO companies to, to help us. However, uh, Akiso, as mentioned again, we have a 20 plus very promising antibody drug candidates there. And you can imagine if we want to use a CDMO company, that could be already a very big company already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then talking about quality and efficiency as well. And then on top of that, we do have a capability and we do have a you know, capital to support us. And why, why don't we do it? So this is, I think, become a very straightforward decision. Uh, yeah. we can make. Yeah. I, I'm just curious from a, from a discovery perspective, mm-hmm. do you think it's safe to say that had you not handled discovery in house, your pipeline wouldn't be nearly as deep as it is today? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, again, uh, I think CRO is an important uh, component in this industry. Uh, even like a, a in-house discovery, um, we, you know, in certain uh, certain assay, for example, if we need to use a special animal model, and then in that case, even though we have a capability to build an animal model, but we don't want to spend time on that. In that case, we could, uh, you know, still um, outsource this cap- uh, this part of work. Mm-hmm. I think important is I always mentioned about our ACE, ACE platform is a system rather than just a platform uh, drug development system, uh, I think um, the, uh, the, scientific, the scientific rationale, scientific experience, and scientific input is very important for discovery. You need to have a you know, deep immunologist and deep biologist to work on that. From that point of view, you have an in-house deep scientist. That's very important. Mm-hmm. To make sure you have a quality candidate in the future. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I can appreciate that. Um, you mentioned the ACE platform or, or system, as it were. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. How did that come to pass? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, ACE platform and also Tetra Body Technology, we build a whole so-called integrated drug discovery and development system, not in just one day, right? We started from, uh, we started, we, we kind of like did, uh, I, I think, I think I, I'm proud of seeing that it's like, uh, I, uh, we actually did an in parallel uh, job, in parallel work. Uh, one way we say, okay, we have a capability to build our own platform, let's do it. And at this stage, we have this program, we want to do it, project, project program, we want to do it. And uh, we, the project should start from the discovery from like, for example, antigen generation, right? Very, very beginning of the project. Then we build the capability to uh, generate, and to generate, we build a capability to generate antigen. And in the meantime, we say, okay, the next step is, let's say antibody generation. 
we build in the meantime, we build the capability to generate antibody. So this is kind of like a step-by-step build up rather than, you know, we don't do programs. Let's just build a platform. It, it doesn't work that way. And it, so from this kind of logic, so one thing is uh, we, you know, we, we are, uh, we, we are experienced and then uh, we know step by step what we should do. And mm-hmm. gradually, when we have a you know, program ready, a job candidate ready, actually our platform also ready. I, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's the, grow, growing along with, uh, with the pipeline. Yeah, grow along with the pipeline. And so mm-hmm. talking about by specific antibody development, as you may know that, there are all different kinds of platforms, different technology to, you know, to do the protein engineer to have a molecule that by function, right? Uh, however, we, we do believe uh, one platform doesn't serve for all. Uh, you really need to think about the, the molecule you want to develop, what the MOA is there, and what you know is more concern you 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 what uh, what is the more um, things you want to re- resolve, you, you want to improve, etc. And therefore, uh, our title body uh, technology is rather than like a toolbox. There are certain, you know, minor or major difference of the uh, technology inside of the toolbox. Mm-hmm. And then from biology side, we say, okay, this is a, a two targets really makes sense to do a bad specific. Then we need to think about what's the MOA here? What kind of um, um, technology we should use to build this specific antibody? Then we go to we, we go to the toolbox and find the right technology to work on that. I don't know. It, does that make sense to you? It, it does. Yeah, it, it does. So, it makes, yep. Yeah. So maybe maybe a, a little bit more is like maybe uh, um, I want to what I want to uh, emphasize is that. Drug discovery actually should be uh, drug discovery and technology should be leading by biology need. Right. Does that make sense? So, uh, so technology serve for discovery, right? Technology should serve for biology need. When we when we uh, when we have a you know the we know um, what we want and then we use what kind of technology rather than one technology. Technology serves serve for all. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. and th- so that, that you may have answered my, my next question. I was curious how you know as as a, as a new company that's building out these technologies, how you ensure as you build them out that they're going mm-hmm. to expand and be flexible as you as you move and grow. Um, but but it occurs to me you just, the way you just described it, if if you're building it step by step. It's it's actually expanding in real time, if you will. Yes. Yeah. 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 And talking about like flexibility, Mm -hmm. um, I think um, um, so in a way, uh, you know, yeah, you actually you are right. When you build the system, uh, you don't want to be like it's a fixed platform. for example, I think this is a, maybe this is a, a kind of a confusion to to people that when people think about drug development platform that's you know very very standard, uh, very uh, um, 
well, it's not very standard. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Um, um, again, I want to emphasize it's actually is the knowledge base and uh, it's a system. Um, when we talk talk about we have a capability to uh, to develop uh, the antibody drug candidates for different disease area, actually we when we really developed those antibodies, we didn't use the same platform. For example, if I de- if we develop on- oncology antibody, uh, we use the oncology animal model, right? And we, when we develop uh, immunology antibody, we have to use the specific cell assay for this particular um, particular molecule and specific animal model for this particular uh, antibody. Uh, mm-hmm. In that case, you know, the development work is always ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, when you develop a, a, a system, a proprietary system, mm-hmm. as, as a queso has, um, does that put limitations or special expectations on the supplier community from whom you're procuring uh manufacturing equipment, development, development equipment, materials. Uh, do, you, do you have to be very selective in, in those partnerships, given that you're building a proprietary system? Um, is that your question? Is that uh, we have a special molecule? Does that uh, prevent us to, uh, to, to work with partners because it's special? Well, I'm, I'm I'm curious. Maybe not prevent you from working with partners, but but does it make partner selection that much more challenging or important? Right? Like you, you're you're building a proprietary system. You you can't you know maybe run out to the the, the Amazon of of d- discovery equipment and mm-hmm. uh, and just order whatever. Uh, uh, not at all. <laughs> not, yeah. not at all. A uh, proprietary uh, system or uh, or platform, um, meaning that it's more like uh, uh, the know how, the the way you uh, the technology you used for this particular process, right? And mm-hmm. when you uh, go out to make a partnership, uh, it's kind of for example, right now we are very open. We, we, we are very open into, you know, partner with uh, multinational companies for global um, pipeline development. Mm-hmm. And we, we are very welcome for this co-development, um, co-development opportunity with partners. And, and then when we get, get a chance to co-develop with them, uh, not necessarily we need to you know, uh, give them the proprietary technology. No, because that part already done. That's the done deal. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more like, a, you know, we want to do the clinical development. We have a partnership and then maybe they can do some uh, some clinical trials. We can do some clinical trials. We, we focus on China. They focus on globally. And those parts has no barrier. I don't know if that, that's clear. And even yeah. commercial partner, those parts has no barrier. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I guess oh, I was angling that question more toward the uh, equipment supply community, oh, okay. right? Yeah. So like lab, uh, laboratory and bioreactors no. kind of things. Are, no, are there- not at all. Not at all. Again, sorry. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing is uh, towards the manufacturing side, uh, protein antibodies kind of protein drug, protein production and antibody production, actually uh, uh, the gen... 
uh, equipment and all these things actually is very generic. It's mm-hmm. it the difference is the detail of your uh, process steps. Yeah, you you have a three steps purification, for example, or you have a four steps. You have a two steps purification, and you use the same resin for purification, but your uh, parameter is different from others, for example. And this is controlled by ourselves. It's not equipment. Equipment is the same. Right. So okay. yeah, to answer your shortly, no, not at all. Perfect. Yeah, great. Um, so you, you mentioned uh, expansion uh, plans, you know, par- partnerships to sort of take things uh, beyond China, take things global. What are those plans? Do you have are you, are you angling towards or building a, a global footprint? Um, I think eventually we do want <laughs> eventually we do want. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, uh, um, since we do have, a, you know, first in class molecules in hand, and innovative molecules in hand. That gave us the opportunity to, you know, realize the global value of those molecules by, you know, start to uh, develop the the molecule globally, uh, especially clinical development. And so we already started, uh, you know, AK-104, that's uh, Cantonidamab, PD-1, CTRA-4 by specific uh, clinical trial globally started a while ago. Uh, we started our PD-1 VEGF by specific antibody uh, globally clinical trials as well. CD-47 is the same. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a first step to let the the to, to let people know that you know Arkeso has these first in class molecules. And also in the meantime we want to you know build out gradually again also gradually build the clinical capability globally. And then eventually, whether we should have an even more extensive footprint, for example, manufacturing facility in, in, in for example, in Bay Area, that, mm-hmm. that, could, that could happen in the future. I think that, that that's the things make sense to us eventually if our drug also, you know, uh, um, uh, registered in, in US, for example. Right. By that time, it makes sense for us to, you know, move the manufacturing in U.S. as well. But I think these things happen is like planning and gradually and when the time comes and it comes. And we do have, a, you know, this kind of a target and, uh, and, uh, uh, and a dream. <laughs> yeah, the, the the vision is there. There's a stepwise yeah. approach to getting there, just as there was in developing your, your drug discovery system. Yeah, yeah, it's a matter of the time, yeah. And maybe like, for example, at the beginning, uh, some of the molecules, we, we are very, you know, need to uh, to have a partnership. And we, we uh, work together with, uh, with partnership uh, to, to have the molecule approved in U.S. and commercialized in U.S. And then in the meantime, as you know, we have a rich pipeline. Maybe some of them we can start, you know, work on by ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's my dream plan. Excellent. Um, so you you already alluded to uh, decision making ability and flexibility as very important uh, attributes of leadership. But I want to mm-hmm. ask you um, to you know uh, I want to ask you to share with with our audience the advice that you would give an emerging the leader of emerging biopharma um, whose mission or goal is to grow as rapidly as a queso specific to managing such rapid growth uh what what advice would you offer 
I think uh, pharmaceutical industry is a little bit different from, uh, you know, those uh, uh, IT high-tech company uh, industry, IT industry. Uh, IT industry, you do see, you know, a lot of young people has a brilliant idea and then they, uh, they you know, use a computer to realize that by code, right? And pharmaceutical industry really is a um, uh, systematic, uh, really is a comprehensive um, and system. Uh, one person cannot do all. Mm-hmm. And it, even though like myself, I, I was very, very lucky to uh, oversee a lot of aspects of the, uh, of the drug development process, but still technically I cannot do all. So I have to, you know, uh, I think to have, to have a rapid grow uh, company and, um, one thing is uh, I do need uh, to have a team, very good team, talent, experienced people, expertise. I think that's the very important part. And this team, I, I, I think is also need to be very, very focused and to work together has the same dream. <laughs> that's very important. So, so do you have a leadership uh, with this uh, great team? I think that's uh, uh, important, very, very important part for a girl, fast girl company. And then um, uh, judgment and then, yeah, flexibility and, and et cetera. And also, you know, you, uh, I, I, you know, from my own experience, I feel like uh, you, uh, you need to have a, uh, also a, a big dream and determination as well. Yeah. 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 Big dreams, determination, and, and in case our audience hasn't gathered, uh, it takes a, it takes a great team. <laughs> Doctor <Yeah. laughs> has made that very clear that she's very proud of that team, and uh, that's that's excellent. What is uh, what's what's the next big step? If you had to kind of put, get, give us a hint as to what's coming next for for a case, mm-hmm. so what can we expect mm-hmm. uh, out of you and your team? Yeah. Um, so the the next big step, uh, I would say, is. Uh, um, commercialization of our product. Mm. Uh, that's, you know, uh, ultimate goal, right? We have a good product and, and, and patients can be benefit from it. And the good thing is uh, we, we had our uh, first drug, uh, Pampolimab, which is a PD-1 antibody, uh, filed last year. And hopefully in the near future, and this first product will get into the market. And, and then uh, our bispecific antibody, candolinumab, uh, we are about to file uh, in, in the next uh, a quarter or a little bit longer. And then hopefully uh, next year, it, it will get approved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the big, next big step definitely is a successful commercialization. And another big step I would, uh, I would say is uh, uh, the global footprint. And, and maybe at beginning, this uh, uh, footprint would be more traverse to a uh, business development. We want to, you know, find a brilliant uh, partnership, work together with us to bring this uh, wonderful uh, bispecific antibody drugs into the market globally. So, yeah, yeah. I would focus on these two parts. Big steps indeed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're yeah, we're we're out of time here, Doctor Xiao. But this has been a pleasure. I really I've enjoyed the conversation, and again, I'm I'm so thankful you've given us the time to come on the show. Yeah, thank you, and yeah, it's my pleasure, and I have a good conversation with you as well. <laughs> Excellent.
So that's a KSL Bio Chairman and CEO, Michelle Chia. I'm Matt Piller, and this is the business of biotech. We're produced by Bioprocess Online in partnership with Cytiva, which offers volumes of resources to accelerate the growth of emerging biopharmas like a KSL at its emerging biotech accelerator. Learn more at CytivaLifesciences.com backslash emerging biotech. In the meantime, check us out at bioprocessonline.com and please subscribe to my newsletter while you're there. Give this podcast five stars and subscribe if you liked it. And as always, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.